Coming up on this week's episode of Check Your Balances, we welcome Brian Feraldi to the show and even try and send you to the wrong Instagram account for him. Stick around. That's coming up next. Check Your Balances is a show produced and owned by Craftwork Capital. The views expressed by the hosts and their guests are personal opinions and should not be considered personal financial advice or the opinion of Craftwork Capital. All investments have risk and may lose money. Consult with your financial advisor, tax preparer, or attorney prior to implementing anything discussed, and please do not use this show as the sole basis for financial decisions. Welcome back to another week of Check Your Balances. I am Ross Anderson, joined as always by my friend and co-host Dan Maseka. And this week, we've got another contributor to our show. We are bringing financial author, YouTuber, speaker, investor extraordinaire, Brian Feraldi. Welcome to Check Your Balances. Ross, Dan, awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. So Brian, uh, we brought you on for a couple of reasons, and, and we've been fans of yours for a while. You have recently written a book, but before we get into that, I want to talk about the graphics that you have been putting out because I think you've spent about a year now putting on Instagram, Twitter, I'm sure all over uh, the different internet channels that you participate in, some incredible personal finance lessons. And I just wanted to hear the background of that. Sure. So uh, in November or September of 2020, uh, I had been taking Twitter seriously at that point for about a year. So I had this backlog of tweets and some experience with what works on Twitter or what doesn't work on Twitter, et cetera. And some of the most engaging things that I ever posted was when I would create some type of financial image and share that. So a lot of those were initially created just in like Google Sheets, where I would show people how to calculate the PE ratio or how to like an overview of like the income statement and where each of the ratios come from. Just very, very simple things that when you see them, they convey a message that's that would take a few hundred words to uh, convey. So that's the power of like images and graphics is they can convey complex things uh, relatively uh, simply. Well, one of the accounts that I follow on Twitter and came across was this wonderful account called Visualize Value by a wonderful creator online called Jack Butcher. And he just makes these incredible, uh, very dead simple graphics where he takes famous quotes from history and turns them into extremely simple uh, graphics. Well, he ended up um, on a, a YouTube channel. Uh, that, uh, that, that I watching when he was showcasing how he creates and how he thinks about these graphics. And I was like, that's really cool because I have also found experience with uh, creating graphics to be really, uh, really great ways of conveying uh, messages. So I decided I'll give that, I'll give that a try. And what I committed to myself is I'm going to, every single day for a year, I'm going to take one of my best tweets and I'm going to try and turn it into a simple financial graphic. And I'm going to email out those to people uh, every, every single day. And it was more a challenge to myself uh, than anything else. Like anything you do, my first ones were god awful. Like they were so simple and they were so poorly designed, and I had no clue uh, what I was doing. Uh, but over time, if you put in enough reps, you kind of figure out how to do things faster, figure out how to do things better, and they've just gradually um, improved 
uh, over time. After a year, I kind of said this is an unsustainable pace and I've pared that back. So now I do basically one financial graphic a week. And what I do is I made a, a newsletter that is as minimally taxing on people as possible. So I basically send one email per week. Every graphic that I send can be looked at and consumed in like five seconds. Uh, that's kind of my that's kind of my goal, and that's where I'm at today. And for those of you who don't follow Brian Feraldi, definitely worth a follow on Twitter. It's at Brian Feraldi. And to get uh, a view of these great tweets and images and famous quotes, you can follow that on Instagram at Long Term Mindset Chat. And uh, just going through the first few of them, all of them resonate so strongly with me. And uh, it's sometimes a nice affirmation to just read um, some of these things that Brian's putting out uh, and know that you're not alone in the world in the way you're thinking about it. So one quick thing there, that long-term mindset chat, that's a spam account. Oh, <laughs> Basically takes really? my, that takes my, my, my tweets and, uh, and graphics and just copies follow them. So don't follow that no, one. Don't follow <laughs> that. What's yeah. the, is it just Brian Feraldi? I made it, I made it Brian Feraldi. I just switched my Instagram name very recently, like within the uh, last like two days to try and combat that. But there's a ton of spam accounts on Instagram that take my name and and can try and get people to do crypto scams. So please don't follow the wrong one. Don't follow the wrong one. I tell you what, I, I really want to do something well enough that people are trying to like impersonate me on the web. That that feels like in some ways a moniker of success that that you can wear proudly that people are ripping off your content because it's so good. Yeah, that's it's a weird way of saying hooray people are finding finding me but the first time it happened to me it was over almost like 18 months ago and i freaked out i was like who is this person that has essentially stolen my identity and is trying to do this but i know that i've talked to enough creators now that once you get to any size it happens constantly and i i feel terrible I feel terrible about it, but um, I actually had a friend of mine uh, call me this week. I haven't talked to him in uh, in over a year, and he said, "What's this crypto thing you're trying to get me to do on Instagram?" I was like, "No, I'm so glad you called me. That is not me." Wow, that's crazy. That's so funny. All right, so we're correcting the record here. At Brian Feraldi is the only account that you should be following, whether that's on Instagram or or on Twitter, any other platform that uh, that he exists on YouTube as well, right? That's correct. Yep. Okay. You know, one of the things that I noticed about a few of your graphics, and we noticed this as well with William Green, who uh, was an author that we had on the show and did an interview with, and he was wonderful, that so many of the investing lessons are really life lessons. You know, consistency, and you've posted about this, about eating healthy and exercise being very similar. It's not something that you can do simply once, uh, just like investing and saving is not something that you can simply do once unless you've had some incredible windfall, right? Uh, but it's really about developing good habits. And uh, I guess, where did you first start to see that link? And and has that always been a connection that you've made kind of between those um, healthy habits to have all around your lifestyle? Consistency is really the key to getting anything that you want in, in life in, in the long term. And anything that's actually worth pursuing has has a cost. Right. Anything that is desirable and is rare has has a cost. And the cost for many things, many of the most important things that you have to pay is consistently making good decisions and taking good actions. If you wanna you wanna wanna build wealth, uh, the cost is consistently spending less than you make, consistently increasing your income, and consistently putting that money into good things and then waiting a long time. That's a very, very high cost that you have to pay in order to build wealth. And most people are 
unaware that that's the price that they have to pay and they're, and they're unwilling to do it. Same thing with your health. I like candy. I like junk food just as much as anybody. Uh, however, if you don't set limits on yourself and if you're, if you don't have the mindset, well, my long-term health and my long-term viability is what really matters to me. You're going to make very poor uh, short-term decisions about what kind of foods you put into your mouth. It's not fun to lift weights or go on runs when it's cold outside, right? All of those things are costs. But if you, the, the costs are so worth paying because on the other side of all those costs and all that consistency is health and wellness. And what's more important than health and wellness? I think the hardest part of what you said is waiting a long time. So many people would be willing to do those things if they saw the immediate return and the immediate gratification. But once you do that for days and weeks and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, it's harder to continue to motivate yourself. And I think that's especially true in today's age of you know, crypto investing and meme stocks where people are getting rich in days, like with tremendous amounts of money. And if you're taking the disciplined long-term approach, you almost feel like you're losing the game, even though it's not necessarily a competition. Very much so. That's beautifully said. In fact, the reason that I really created my, one of the reasons I have my Twitter account and I connect with people uh, at The Motley Fool so much is it's a consistent reminder to myself to think and act with a, a long-term mindset. And that that takes training. That takes that takes time. Uh, that's not something that you can hear once and you can immediately implement. Uh, it's something that you have to think about and practice over and over again. And there's just infinite temptations uh, that are out there, especially if you're on uh, social media to do things that pay immediate gratification. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's completely understandable why so many people uh, are not where they want to be health-wise and when they're not where, to be, where they want to be um, uh, money-wise, because those things take a long, long time uh, to pay off. And that's not something that many people are willing to do. So, uh, as you've gone through this process, has there been anything that you put out that you thought was absolutely incredible and didn't get much of a response? Or, or I guess among the things that you put out, and clearly it sounds like there was a learning curve there, but, but what got the best responses for you? Can you just tell us about how some of this stuff was received? Because I, I love all of it, but uh, I'm just curious what you see as the author and, and uh, creator of it. So this is something that I was trained to be able to uh, handle uh, for my years at writing at The Motley Fool. So for, for several years at The Motley Fool, I was writing articles every single day that went up on, on fool.com. And if you're a content creator, I guarantee you, you've observed this thing. You could write something that you think is excellent and is really like, this is just top. This is like the best thing that I ever done. And then crickets. Like nobody cares, nobody looks at it. And other times you can whip something out fast and like kind of have like almost be like an afterthought and it gets a tremendous response and a tremendous amount of attention. Uh, the same thing happens on, on, on social media with Twitter. I never have any clue what particular tweet is going to resonate uh, with, with people that are on Twitter uh, versus which ones are not. The, the same thing is true of my, of, of my graphics. Uh, one of the one of the graphics that has um, that got the the biggest response was just me describing how uh, I have set up my personal investment uh, portfolio. So it's a pie with like forty percent of my capital going into what I consider to be high quality, low risk stocks, forty percent into high quality, medium risk stocks, and twenty percent into like ten x stocks, stocks that are basically like swinging uh, for the fences. It's a very simple concept, but people just seem to love that one. It was like the most favorited uh, thing 
thing that I that I that I sent out, and I would have never have guessed that uh, ahead of time because it's just a simple uh, uh, pie chart. Uh, conversely, I've made some some graphics that I thought were 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 really good, and again, crickets. Uh, so that's just the nature of content uh, creation. It's often these these tail things, these like for whatever reason, one or two percent of the content that you create really resonates, and that's what drives really a lot of uh, of growth uh, on the internet. Absolutely with you there. And, uh, you know, I, I came up and we've talked a couple times on our show uh, that, that I've had a, a side hustle and kind of passion project of being a DJ. And it's something that I've done literally since middle school and, and high school days. And the beauty of it, the coolest thing about that format is you get immediate reaction, right? You're literally looking at a room of people that are hopefully dancing. And if they're not, that's the feedback you needed to like, oh, no, this is not going well. And now doing something like this, podcasting or writing, you're like, I don't know. I, I hope that this <laughs> connects with somebody and that somebody finds that this effort valuable because I'm working really hard to put out something that, that people might enjoy or learn from or uh, anything else. So uh, I certainly understand that. That's one of the reasons, by the way, I like home stuff so much, like home construction or yard work or that kind of thing, because it's like you work and you immediately see the results because we don't get that in doing what we do for a living. No, not not at all. We make a good decision and and you know, it's like planting a seed and you hope in in years that that something good has come from it. Right. You can make a really good uh, investment and it could look really really bad for a year. <laughs> so, speaking of investing, uh your book is called Why the Why does the stock market go up? It is coming out on April 5th. It is available now on Amazon for pre-sale. I'm sure it's available in other places. Uh, I've pre-ordered your book. Super excited to read it. But what can you tell us about the background here and uh, and and what readers could expect if uh, they get on that pre-order list? I have thought. I, I have wondered for years why there wasn't a book called Why Does the Stock Market Go Up? Because I just channeled my own my own personal journey with 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 investing. Uh, I vividly remember in like the late 1990s, I, I was a teenager and I was working at this golf club as a caddy. And during like a, a, a weekend tournament, uh, excuse me, a weekday tournament, at the ninth hole, some of the golfers went in, came back out. And one of them said, you're not going to believe this. The Dow is up 300 points today. And like, they were like high-fiving each other. They were like really excited. And I was like, I don't know what the Dow is. I don't know what 300 points means. I don't know why it's up today, but it sounds like good news. Like that, that was it. Conversely, in 2001, after the uh, September 11 tax, I was in college. And I remember I had CNN on all day, just like everybody else did. And I just saw the markets were tanking, right? They were just plunging. And I remember thinking, I don't know why this is happening. Terrorist attack, clearly bad news, but the market's going down and it had been going down previously and then it kept going down. And I just had no clue why any of that was happening. And even after the, the dot-com crash, I remember thinking to myself, well, capitalism had a good run, right? The stock market went up for, I think, a long time. It's, it's, it's done, right? It's, it's going down. Why? Everything's bad right now. It, it, we're done. And then what happened next? It went on to hit a new all-time high in 2007, right? And then the great financial crisis, right? And I was like, that's it. 
it's done. The stock market is done, right? I mean, look how bad it is right now. People are being foreclosed upon, uh, unemployment sky high, government deficit, yada, yada, yada. And yet, what it take? Two years? And then the stock market had fully recovered, and it's just been all-time high after all-time high. And that just never made any sense to me. Like, it makes no sense to me intuitively that there's this thing called the stock market, and it just magically goes up over, over, over time. And no matter what bad stuff gets lobbed at it, right? Uh, world wars, presidential attacks, uh, pandemics, uh, missile crises. I mean, think about all the bad stuff that's happened over the last hundred years. And yet magically it eventually always continues to go up. And I just didn't understand that at, at all. And it was really through uh, studying the markets and really paying attention and care about investing that I finally learned and understood why the market acts the way that it does over the short term and the long term. And I just know today in, in America alone, there's like a hundred million people that have money in the markets in some way or another. I mean, if you have a 401k, if you have a 403b, you are betting your future economic wealth on the stock market going up. And a lot of people, uh, I have zero data to back this up, but I just know if you ask them, why, 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 when I was born uh, to, to today, why is the stock market up 30 fold? Like, why is that? I just know that most people have no clue what the answer is because I myself had no clue what the answer is. And by the way, I'm a business major. I studied business in college and I still, after graduating, had no clue uh, while that happened. So I always thought there should be a book called why does the stock market go up that just explains the super simple basic things about how the market works and why it goes up over time and i just waited for years for it to be written and nobody ever wrote it so after talking with um morgan housel after his book uh came out he kind of convinced me maybe maybe you should write this and i was like i never thought that i would write a book but i guess that i'm i'm supposed to be the one that wrote it that's great. Uh, I don't know, Ross. I saw you laughing while he was talking about the Dow and it being up 300 points, but I guarantee you we're thinking of the same story of when we were sitting next to each other at work where we had a colleague, Joe, who I love dearly. Shout uh, out to Joe. Shout out to Joe. And we could only hear one side of his conversation. And it was something like, oh, okay, really? Well, then tell me what the Dow is because clearly... <laughs> The person on the other end was citing the Dow doing this or that, that. He's like, do you even know what that is? Okay, tell me. And then he waited. And it was just priceless. I mean, I don't know what the relationship was like after the fact, but hearing him just call someone out like that was was pure comedy gold. Yeah, right. that, that was a story that turned into into folklore for us for a long time. I love that. And if you ask the uh, the uh, uh, the average person, what is the Dow? What is the S&P 500? They don't know. That's the thing that the new that the news talks about sometime, and it's good when it goes up, and it's bad when it goes down. And when's the time that you are most likely to hear about it? When it's plunging, right? That's the time that it most enters most people's lexicons. So of course, there's mass confusion about what is the stock market, why does it go up and down? Because nobody has ever explained those basic things in an easy, easy way. So I I mostly wrote this book as like a I wish that I could give this to myself 15 years ago to really answer all the basic questions that I had. 
Well, I, I do think most great business comes out of people solving a need that they saw for themselves, right? I mean, mo- most good inventions uh, that, that we, we come to grow and love, uh, know and love, uh, come out of that necessity. And so uh, thank you for taking it upon yourself to, to put this into the world and, and really can't wait to, to read it. And again, it's available right now for pre-order on Amazon. It's called, Why Does the Stock Market Go Up? Everything You Should Have Been Taught About Investing in School But Weren't. And we'll definitely link to that in the in the show description as well. Um, so, just on investing in general, you know, are there some themes that you're looking at personally right now that you're particularly excited about? And and we don't want to get into company specifics, but uh, as you look at the world and kind of think about where it's going, I guess I'd love your take on uh, what what's what's in front of us here. Well, that's a great question that I would love to know the answer to for one. So uh, my personal investing style uh, is I am an individual stock-focused uh, investor. That's where the bulk of my personal net worth is. So I love the process of combing through um, combing through the markets to find companies that I think have all the makings of the next great growth stock. And I love sifting through and trying to find them and add them to my portfolio. And what's so interesting about this point in history uh, for investors is that it's a really precarious time to be investing in anything. I mean, bonds are at bond yields are at historic lows and likely to move higher over time, given what's happening with with inflation. That probably doesn't spell great news for bond investors uh, uh, moving forward. Uh, Stock prices are historically high, even though a lot of the stocks that I know and love have been beaten really bad over the last uh, a couple of months. The indexes are still near all-time highs and things are largely uh, expensive. Uh, real estate uh, prices, broadly speaking, are very high. And, and meanwhile, we're also seeing signs of inflation uh, rearing its ugly head for the first time in, in really 40, uh, 40 years in, a, in a, a big way. So investors right now are in a very interesting period in time where it's like, well, where the heck am I supposed to put my capital uh, to, to, to do well? Um, I don't make macro calls at all, mostly because my own history making macro calls paints a very bleak picture uh, if I was dependent on on doing that. And I don't think that anybody can consistently um, forecast what's going to happen uh, in the markets. Uh, for myself, I, I am a bottom-ups fo- focused investor. So I look for companies uh, that I believe have the ability to significantly increase their revenue over the next five, uh, 10, and 15 years and beyond. And I try and buy those companies, uh, add them to my portfolio, and then hold them for many, many years over time. And I just know going into that process that I'm going to be wrong a whole bunch. Like I'm going to be wrong a lot. But if I'm really, really right on just a few occasions and I don't sell those companies that do end up going on to drive enormous returns, that overall my portfolio would do just fine. Fair enough. And that that very much matches uh, the, the Motley Fool philosophy, in my opinion, and how I've always described it to people. And uh, so I think that that's probably a dead-on description of why you've been a good fit uh, as a participant and contributor to, to their work as well. Yeah, I've learned so much by following uh, the, the. I've learned so much by being an active member of the Motley Fool and from learning from people like David and Tom Gartner. To not mention the hundreds of people that are just on the discussion boards every day. I mean, I, I've just learned so much by engaging with that community. On your website, you have some great tools for investors too. 
Uh, you have an investing checklist and the portfolio tracker, which I think is a great resource for folks managing their own portfolios. So uh, feel welcome to check that out as well. If you're listening, you can go to brianferaldi.com uh, to get links to those and also links to his book, his YouTube, and all the different ways you can follow. This has been fantastic. Brian, thanks so much for joining us this week. Uh, we really appreciate it. Congrats on the book. We hope it does really well. Uh, and for folks out there that have questions for Dan and myself, check your balances at outlook.com is the email address for us. We appreciate you tuning in and we will catch you all next week. <laughs>